Joe Biden and the Democrats have lost control of the narrative. Black Lives Matter riots have become too violent to ignore, and the betting odds are starting to swing in Trump's favor. You all know this, but Donald Trump has been offering up federal assistance the entire time, and the Democratic mayors and governors have rejected it every single time, up until recently when the governor of Wisconsin said, okay, you know, bring in the federal law enforcement, bring in the National Guard. Although now some locals are trying to get the governor recalled for his failure to take up the offer earlier, preventing the riots. The violence has gotten so extreme that Joe Biden is now being forced to play on Trump's turf. Initially, Biden wanted to go after Trump on COVID, but that failed because people are more concerned about their cities burning down. And guess what? Joe Biden's campaign staff directly supported the rioters by paying for a bail, paying money into a bail fund. Kamala Harris herself called on people to fund this bail fund for rioters to get them out of jail. The Democrats have directly supported the riots and the backfire is going from bad to worse. Rasmussen reports, a pollster noticed something interesting. There are no new polls coming out. And someone else pointed out there's only around half as many of uh, half as many polls as there should be. And they all stop on August 25th. Why is that? What happened after August 25th? Well, Donald Trump gave his RNC acceptance speech and mass violence started to erupt. And a Donald Trump supporter walking down the street was hunted down and gunned down by far left extremists. Conveniently, many polls are not coming out around now. And many people suspect it's because Trump has he's inversed the trend. He's now taking over. And it's exemplified by Joe Biden desperately trying to claim that Donald Trump is at fault for this. But in possibly one of the weirdest tweets ever, Joe Biden dared to say one of the most insane things he could have possibly said. Does anyone believe that there will be less violence in America if Donald Trump is elected? Wow. What does he possibly mean by that? Donald Trump is the one calling for law and order. And the rioters are far left. Now, I'm not going to play games and say they're Biden supporters. They're not. They'd like to use Joe Biden. And I'm not going to play games and say Joe Biden supports the far left. He doesn't. They certainly want to use him. Therein lies the bigger issue. Of course, there will be more violence if Donald Trump gets elected because the far left is trying to stop Donald Trump. And Joe Biden has supported them in the past. Now, what I mean to say is Joe Biden's not going out and saying, here, here, go riot. But his campaign staffers did offer up financial support to these individuals. And so did Kamala Harris. They know they can use him because he's weak. So sure, Joe Biden, I agree. There will be less violence because you will be giving these people inadvertently institutional power and they know when to keep their head down. I remember seeing one post from a far leftist where they said it's easier to overthrow a weak old man than it is a fascist. They don't like Donald Trump. They think insane things about him and they resist him with violence. But Donald Trump will shut down the rioting. So you have your choices there. Stand tall and reject the extremists who are trying to take over in our cultural institutions and our government. Have Donald Trump send out law enforcement to shut down the riots and the violence or bend the knee and wait until they come to your home and threaten you. Well, I hate to make the story about myself, but now I'm being dragged into the fray because Donald Trump liked a tweet thread that uh, from from an, from a pollster, a poll watcher who was quoting me saying, read this thread. And now the press is bringing up exactly what I said. But I believe my thread perp- uh, per- uh, uh, perfectly encapsulates what's going on with the riots and Kyle Rittenhouse and how regular Americans feel. 
We're tired of the violence. And we're not blaming the kid who perhaps foolishly went out to defend a business. I'm blaming the media and the Democrats for supporting all of this. And I got to tell you, Joe Biden coming out and trying to blame Trump just makes me angrier. He actually tweeted it was white nationalists that are going out and starting the violence. Now, I'm sorry. I watched for three months as the far left went out and engaged in violence. So when will you name them, Joe Biden? Well, here's the story. And we'll break down the polls and I'll give you citations on all of this. Biden forced to play on Trump's turf as campaign turns to racial strife. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my, my work. There's many ways you can give. There's a P.O. box if you want to send me stuff. The best thing you can do, share this video. I do not have a big marketing department like CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News. So the only way I get these videos out is through word of mouth. If you think I'm doing a good job and you want to support the video, share it. Hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and let's read the news. Politico says, the chaotic scenes in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Portland, Oregon, are redefining the contours of the presidential race, shifting the immediate debate over how to quell the clashes, who should own the unrest, and which candidate is better suited to lead the nation through strife. Donald Trump, who's planning to visit Kenosha on Tuesday, is claiming the mantle of law and order, even as he stokes conflict between protesters and his supporters. Trump is trying to take credit for restoring order by loudly calling for an influx of National Guard troops and painting Democrats as too fearful of alienating their base to denounce violence. And I completely agree with Donald Trump. Let me, and I can show you some, some perfect examples. I mean, Joe Biden himself, his, I'm sorry, Joe Biden's staff, to be fair, donated to a group that is paying uh, bail in riot-torn Minneapolis. Kamala Harris, here's the tweet. She said, if you're able to chip in now to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. Do you remember what happened on the ground in Minnesota? When buildings were burned down and a corpse was found amid the burning rubble, 30 people have died and Kamala Harris was calling for people to donate. She called for people to donate on June 1st. And this helped spark the, the increase in violence. That first week of June was some of the worst rioting and looting we had seen in this country in decades. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden's staff were funding these people. So Trump is right to call him out. Joe Biden last week called for a halt to the violence, though it took him longer than many Democrats wanted. The Democratic nominee decided over the weekend that he would not travel to the pivotal battleground state on Monday ahead of Trump's visit. Instead, the Biden campaign plans to ramp up messaging that Trump's rhetoric has only inflamed hostilities on the streets, beginning with a speech in Pennsylvania Monday. Quote, it's a very difficult argument to make when he is president of the United States that the unrest and chaos that's happening on the ground is somehow not his responsibility. Deputy campaign manager Kate Bedingfield told Politico, he owns it. He's the president of the United States and he owns it. People are seeing a president who is failing to lead. And that will be a big focus for us as we move forward. Yeah, well, guess what? The betting odds are flipping in Trump's favor. You can't play this game with me. I don't care. I understand a lot of people might fall, fall for it. I'm not going to be falling for it. Donald Trump is constrained by the Constitution. He can't just send in federal authorities willy nilly to any, any of these jurisdictions. Ted Wheeler has uh, uh, reportedly had police stand down and the DA in Portland has released people. And Donald Trump offered up federal assistance just a few days ago, and Ted Wheeler said no. And then a Trump supporter was targeted and executed. Yeah, that's not on Trump. You may argue, I guess, Democrats, they want Trump to invoke the Insurrection Act and send in law enforcement, which is strange. 
considering they called him a fascist over and over again for deploying secret police, which he never did. That seems to be their go-to narrative right now. Joe Biden saying it's Trump's fault. But when Trump did deploy federal law enforcement to guard the courthouse in Multnomah, uh, in, in Portland, they called him, a, they called him a, a fascist deploying secret police. There's clearly no way to win for the Democrats. So I don't take anything they say as, as in good faith. Now, I want to assess something interesting that Joe Biden said. Does anyone believe there will be less violence in America if Trump is elected? You need to really understand what he's saying. Many people are arguing on the left that what he's really saying is that Trump is inciting the violence and that Trump is the cause of the violence. But let's really break down what, what this means. The far left is angry that Donald Trump isn't giving them what they want. So what they're doing is burning down buildings and making demands. Trump is refusing to negotiate with terrorism. Joe Biden, if he got elected, I do believe it's fair to say there will be some decline in violence, not a complete end to it, because Biden will capitulate to the far left extremist demands. They'll come into your neighborhoods. They'll start defunding your police. They'll abolish your police. And then the morality police, the extremists, will start patrolling and harassing and berating you, surrounding your cars and things like that. But sure, you can argue the violence will be less because Joe Biden won't deploy federal law enforcement to shut this down. Trump has at least done that to some degree. I don't think Joe Biden knows what he's saying. Some people have argued he's essentially threatening people. This one says, this tweet right here says, sounds like a threat. Uh, Yossi Gestetner says, are you trying to blackmail the public to vote for you or else your anarchists will continue to destroy America? No, I think Joe Biden just doesn't understand how people feel. I don't think Joe Biden is threatening anybody. He's just saying violence is bad because of Trump. Sure, because the far left is reacting to what Trump is doing. And because many traditional Democrats are willing to allow the far left to romp about the streets and they'll actively support things like defund the police. Joe Biden might be coming out now saying he does not support defunding the police, but these extremists do and they want to use him. So yeah, don't bend the knee. I know I won't. I want law and order and I don't want extremists burning down buildings and I will not give in to their demands. That's not how this country works. Probably the most shocking thing Biden tweeted was this. Donald Trump may believe mouthing the words law and order makes him strong, but his failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting like an armed militia in this country shows you how weak he is. Is that a joke? We had one event where Trump supporters drove around Portland and Joe Biden has the nerve to try and act like it's Donald Trump who's doing this. To me, it's rather shocking. It's also rather shocking that polls aren't coming out. As I mentioned before, Rasmussen notes, where are the polls? I'm not going to play in any uh, conspiracy ideas. Some people are saying it's voter suppression. That's what Rasmussen's saying. I have no idea where the polls are at, but perhaps it's because the violence has gotten has gone too far. And it's clear to most Americans, it's the George Floyd protests from Black Lives Matter. That is the overwhelming bulk of the violence, 99.9%. 14,000 arrested, over 30 dead. So no, it's not Donald Trump supporters. Conveniently around this time, the polls stopped showing up fine, I guess. But that's the, narr- the narrative that's emerging. In this story from The Inquirer, Will Bunch writes, a killing chaos in Portland as Trump's reelection scheme of a civil war shifts into overdrive. Oh, it's, it's Trump's plan. I've seen this narrative from many, many people on the left that it's actually the right that's instigating violence. It's the police that's instigating violence. Okay. No one is making the far left go out and attack people. No one is making these extremists drive around burning down buildings. No one is making them attack people. 
No one made the far leftist Antifa in Portland shoot that Trump supporter unprovoked twice in the chest. I say unprovoked because they yelled, we got them right here. We got a couple right here. Pull it out. Yeah. Bang, bang. According to the witness, a friend of the victim, they were walking down the street, heard the shout, turned around, and the guy shot this man twice in the chest. Unprovoked. In fact, targeted killing. That's what's happening. Nobody made that man do that. So how dare you come out and say Trump's rhetoric made it happen? Trump isn't telling the far left to go do this. They could stop whenever they want. No one made the rioters in Portland attack the courthouse. They could have stopped whenever they want, whenever they wanted to, but they didn't. And as I mentioned before, Biden staff donated. Kamala Harris herself called for people to donate. But I think here's the ultimate rebuttal to the argument that Trump is making this happen. NPR, August 27th, 2020, one author's argument, quote, in defense of looting. How could we possibly exist in these realities at the exact same time where the left has been going around saying in defense of looting for years since Ferguson and a far leftist writes a book called In Defense of Looting, arguing that looting is just challenging the idea of property. But you think Trump is the one making all this happen? Trump is the one saying, stop. The federal government just in uh, just charged 74 people in, in relation to the riots in Portland, many of whom may face 20 years in prison. You think that's inciting people? You think enforcing the law and arresting the extremists is provoking violence? I guess you could make that argument because the left retaliates. But who's emboldening them? Who's telling them to do it? NPR. Okay, I'm not going to blame NPR for interviewing an author. But come on, the left has been calling for this endlessly with support from Democratic politicians. That's why I've had enough. Now, look, I'm getting dragged into this mess, so let's go over it. Um, I guess it's, it's great to see that Donald Trump has one liked tweet. And that like tweet is from Poll Watch, which says, read this thread and it's me. So <clears throat> here, here I am, I guess. The story is popping up all across the media. They don't make a law. Uh, they don't go into detail about what my Twitter thread was about, but it's essentially about everything I just said. They just say Trump liked a tweet, which says Kyle Rittenhouse is a good example of why I decided to vote for Trump. Perhaps that's as far as they can go into my thread before it starts to make it, you know, before it sounds really, really bad for Democrats. I guess it's good they're highlighting it because if regular people start reading what I actually wrote, maybe they'll start to get an idea of what's really going on in this country. Recently, a journalist asked Kaylee McEnany about my tweet because the president liked it. And she said that Trump was just trying to highlight information that many people may not be aware of, aware of information that while public wasn't particularly well known. And I respect that. I tweeted, Kyle Rittenhouse is a good example of why I decided to vote for Trump. Violent extremists were destroying people's lives for months. 30 people were killed. Democrats rejected federal assistance every time Trump offered it. Media lied about Trump deploying secret police. Finally, some kid from a nearby town, about 20 minutes drive, decides to go up and protect businesses and offer medical support to people. Even the rioters, he was threatened and shot at. Now the media is saying, the three convicted felons, the extremists are the good guys. Several people died in the Chaz and no one has been caught. It has to stop now. Democrats have proven completely unable to do anything about it. And we can't even get a full throated condemnation from Biden or Kamala. Local Democrats have done nothing. And in some cases ordered cops to stand down. The DA in Multnomah County, Portland is even allowing people who assault officers in some circumstances to walk. 
New York City, Chicago, and Fort Worth have done similar. The nightmare experiment and allowing violent extremists to attack innocent people needs to end. And so far, only Trump has shown willingness to do something about it. DHS has targeted those they have jurisdiction over. But Trump has not intervened in local affairs. Joe Biden is a coward hiding in his basement. F if I vote for that. The far left is responsible for 32 deaths, and Democrats quite literally defended this and called for more. Flashback, a tweet from Steve Guest, when Kamala Harris said protesters should not let up. And it got worse. And it was their encouragement. We could all see what was coming. I said they kept saying protester because they are gaslighting us. These were protests for about a day or two. I praise them when they happen, but for months it has been violence and chaos. I'm sick of the media lies about peaceful protesters, and I'm furious I had to wake up to see a man crying as he lay dying. The Democrats have failed, and it's time to let Trump stop this. Even the Wisconsin Governor Evers agreed and finally accepted federal law enforcement. Trump has his problems, but he is better suited to fix the economy and deal with the extremists plaguing not just our streets, but our cultural institutions. Joe Biden is a coward hiding in his basement. I'll vote for the a-hole over the coward. Finn. While the media is asking Trump about it, trying to make it seem like people like me are, you know, praising this individual Kyle Rittenhouse, but in the lens they've presented it as though he's a mass murderer or something. He's not. While he may be misguided and foolishly gone out and he shouldn't have, he was just someone who, you know, did had good intentions. But as they say, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't believe he should have gone out, but I also believe the police should have arrested the rioters. And I don't believe the rioters should have been coming out either. What you need to understand about Kenosha is that the people who have been arrested were not from Kenosha. They say as of 1230 p.m., August 30, 2020, a total of 175 people have been arrested. Of the people processed during this week, 102 listed addresses from outside of Kenosha. So think about it. People are coming in from outside this city. Now, so was Kyle Rittenhouse. That I understand. But he worked in the city. I'm not going to I'm not going to play games. Kyle Rittenhouse, I believe, should not have been down there. But a lot of this shouldn't have happened. People shouldn't be coming from out of the city and engaging in rioting, which they were doing. And that's the problem I have with this. I think in the end, it's all going to end up benefiting Trump. Biden condemns violence in Portland and calls on Trump to do the same. Is this a joke? Is this the best Biden can muster up? I mean, he is out of control. His campaign is in the gutter at this point. Maybe he'll still win. I mean, he's up in the polls, but I think the polls are not correct. And, you, and, you, and you've, you've heard me talk about it over and over again. But Donald Trump has routinely, repeatedly condemned the violence in Portland. In fact, Donald Trump was accused of deploying secret police to round up these rioters, and they call them peaceful protesters. And now Joe Biden wants Trump to condemn the violence in Portland. Look at this. They say, quote, the deadly violence we saw overnight in Portland is unacceptable, Biden said in a statement. I condemn this violence unequivocally. I condemn violence of every kind by anyone, whether on the left or the right. And I challenge Donald Trump to do the same. Did Joe Biden just try and play a both sides narrative? The one they smeared Trump over for, you know, over and over again. I challenge Donald Trump to do the same. OK, I'm glad you brought this up, Joe Biden, from PolitiFact. Reporter, both sides, sir. You said there was hatred. There was violence on both sides. Are the Trump responds? Yes, I think there's blame on both sides. If you look at both sides, I think there's blame on both sides. And I have no doubt about it. And you don't have any doubt about it either. 
And if you reported it accurately, you would say, the reporter then says, the neo-Nazis started this. They showed up in Charlottesville to protest. Trump said, excuse me, excuse me. They didn't put themselves. And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group. Excuse me, excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. Trump goes on to say, so you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people. And I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists. And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers. And you see them come with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You had a lot of bad people in that group. That's the quote. That's the context from the very fine people hoax. Donald Trump did condemn both sides. And he, in fact, praised fine people on both sides as well. I believe that's accurate. Could have been a bit more tactful, you know, better, better planned out. It's because of the imprecision of his words that the media has been able to smear him as such. But I think it's laughable that Joe Biden thinks he's going to come out now and act like Donald Trump is the one who needs to condemn violence. The only thing Trump has done. They come around claiming that Trump is manufacturing a crisis to use for his reelection. Then when they realize that narrative isn't working, Joe Biden claims Trump isn't doing it. Laughable to say the least. While they were praising the violence, inadvertently, mind you, look, look, Joe Biden has condemned Antifa, not by name. He's called out the violence and said these people should be arrested. And I did praise him for it. But come on, his campaign staff funded this. Kamala Harris did as well. And this is what happened to the people of, uh, of Minneapolis from the Star Tribune. Skyrocketing demolition costs for riot damaged Minneapolis, St. Paul, delay rebuilding. They say one day after rioters destroyed the sports dome retail complex, a construction crew hired by the city knocked the building down because it was dangerously unstable. Then the city presented the property owners with a $140,000 bill for what it would cost to haul away the debris. We were really upset about that, said the property owner, Jay Kim whose insurance policy covers a maximum of $25,000 in demolition costs. We thought that was high, but we didn't know how much demolition would cost at the time. That's right. The city is billing the business owners more than their insurance covers. These extremists destroyed the lives of regular people. The Democrats called on everyone to pay for their bail. In Portland, they actually released the extremists. What we're seeing here is shocking desperation from the left. So let me just wrap this up by saying one simple thing. We all know that the riots were led by Black Lives Matter and the far left. They've tried arguing that it's not real Black Lives Matter. These extremists, they're just trying to co-opt the name. But what happened after the Chicago looting? Black Lives Matter's official chapter came out and said, no, we defend this. We support it. Reparations. uh, Looting is reparations. What did NPR run? in defense of looting. You see, they didn't know how far was too far. And I believe a big a a big reason for this this push for Black Lives Matter and the reason they're refusing to denounce it is because they're scared they're going to lose the black vote to Donald Trump. Poll after poll is coming out showing that Trump has tremendous support from the black community. And I've seen the viral videos seems to be accurate. The Democrats know that if Trump gets more than 20 percent of the vote, he wins. Guaranteed. That's the old rule in politics. 
Trump's approval rating is bouncing around 30%. They know it. So they're scared to call out Black Lives Matter because it is overwhelmingly popular among black voters. We know that Black Lives Matter was leading the riots, not Trump. They're going to keep trying to spin this narrative. It's not going to work. It shows you how desperate they've become. I think the tides are turning for Donald Trump and and the lack of polls kind of shows it because a few polls that have come out show that Trump took the lead. Democracy Institute has Trump in the lead. The backfire is going from bad to worse. The people of this country want law and order, and the Democrats are refusing to give it to them. They're between a rock and a hard place. I get it. They need the far left extremist vote. Why? I'll bring it back to Joe Biden's tweet, and I'll wrap it up with this. Does anyone believe there will be less violence in America if Donald Trump is is reelected? The far left is violently resisting Trump's policies because Trump opposes far left extremism. Under Joe Biden, he will give them what they want. I don't think anybody wants to live in a country like that. So he's technically right. The problem is there will still be violence. There, there will be less violence. Yeah, you're right, Joe Biden, but there will still be violence. And the problem is there will be no one there to protect you because Trump so far has been the only one will, willing to stand up. Now, mind you, the violence hasn't really hit Republican areas, mostly the Democrat areas. It says a lot, doesn't it? It's kind of pathetic, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is a different channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. New details have emerged in the targeted execution of a Trump supporter in Portland. The friend of the victim who is there, seen in photos being held back by police, has given an interview explaining what happened. First, we have this tweet from Andy No. He says the victim last night of the deadly shooting in downtown Portland is Aaron Danielson, who went by Jay. His family has been informed of his death. Portland police have not released details about their investigation, and the shooter is at large. Now, 4chan dug up the identity of the shooter, and it turns out, according to Oregon Live and many other sources, he had been previously arrested for illegally carrying a weapon at a protest or riot. I'm assuming one or the other. I don't know what the media means previously. But as we know, the district attorney refuses to prosecute. And, and apparently this man was released. Now, many people have brought up that if you if he was actually prosecuted for illegally carrying weapons at these events, then this man, Jay, would still be alive. I think there's a two way argument against that. But we'll, we'll, we'll go through all of this. We also, of course, have Joe Biden calling out Trump, even though it's not his fault. And the mayor of Portland is actually blaming Donald Trump for this, even though Trump offered federal aid. The first and most important thing I want to bring up is this this individual. I don't know his name. He gives a firsthand account of the fatal shooting. And he said that the guy who was killed was his partner and that they were walking the other direction when they heard them. When they heard Antifa yell or these far leftists, we got a couple. We got them. We got a couple right here. Pull it out right here. Yeah. He says they turned around and then the shots rang out. Now, there have been many people on the left who have claimed, and you may have seen me mention this yesterday, that it was self-defense, that the, the far leftist saw, saw uh, this man, Jay, pull out bear mace, and so he fired in self-defense. I do not believe that adds up with the, the, the yelling, the targeting of these individuals, and the fact that they were walking the other direction. Based upon that information, I mean, it was very easy to see in the video that went viral it's not self-defense to yell. We got a couple right here. Pull it out. Yeah. Sounds like a targeted killing. 
Like these guys were waiting for an opportunity. I would argue that, you know, if, if the shooter didn't flee, he could try and make that claim. But I think fleeing shows he knows what he did. They targeted these men. He fired and they ran. And now they're at large. Here's the story from Oregon Live. Man under investigation in fatal shooting after pro-Trump rally allegedly took, uh, uh, after pro-Trump rally allegedly took loaded gun to earlier Portland protest. They say a 48-year-old man who was accused of carrying a loaded gun at an earlier downtown uh, protest is under investigation in the fatal shooting Saturday night of a right-wing demonstrator after a pro-Trump rally. Michael Forrest Reinel calls himself an anti-fascist and has posted videos and photos of demonstrations he attended since late June, accompanied by hashtags Black Lives Matter, a new nation and Brianna Taylor. Now, it's important to point out he didn't just say he was an anti-fascist. He straight up said he's Antifa, the specific word. Rhino was raised in Sandy and has had a recent address in Northeast Portland, Gresham and Clackamas. He described himself on social media and in a video interview with Bloomberg as a professional snowboarder and contractor who has former military experience but hated his time in the army. Sources familiar with the case, but not authorized to speak, said police are investigating Rhino. A family member also identified him as a man captured in photos and videos seen leaving the shooting scene shortly before 9 p.m. Saturday. Aaron Danielson, a supporter of the conservative group Patriot Prayer, was shot in the chest and died in the street. It was soon after most cars in the caravan, uh, Trump's supporters, had left. Reinhold's post indicate he had attended many protests in Portland that be, uh, began three months ago after the death of George Floyd. On July 5th, at one of the demonstrations, Reinhold was cited at 2.10 a.m., uh, on, on allegations of possessing a loaded gun in a public place, resisting arrest and interfering with police. He was given a date to appear in court later that month, but the allegations were jo- dropped on July 30th with a no complaint according to court records. The documents don't indicate why prosecutors decided not to pursue the accusations. Reinald spent no time behind bars. Brent Weisberg, a spokesman for Multnomah County District Attorney Mike Schmidt, said the office is still reviewing that July case involving Ryan Ohl. The DA has been letting these people go. On the surface, based on the laws that exist, this shooting last night could have been prevented because the police knew they had a violent extremist on their hands illegally carrying a weapon in their city. Stands to reason if the DA did their job, he would have been in jail or at the very least restricted and maybe not carrying weapons after that. But what I can say, a lot of people have brought up two-way arguments to me and made comments about, you know, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is a really interesting argument that I think needs to be brought up. Should he, should, should we hold it against this guy for having carried a gun at some point because it could have prevented this murder? There's an argument to say yes, because it was illegal. He knew he was breaking the law. And even if you believe Second Amendment shall not be, you know, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, most people would probably still agree that you'd comply with the law. Not everybody would, but a lot of people begrudgingly do so, and they fight to to change those laws. Like we saw in Virginia, people came out and protested this gun uh, gun restriction bill and ultimately won. And many uh, politicians in the government refused to, to move forward with it, though many uh, counties, many sheriffs refused to enforce the gun, uh, gun control restriction. So it's fair to say the criticism isn't necessarily about the fact that he was carrying a gun, but that he was a known extremist who was potentially dangerous and they let him go. 
But I do think it is fair to point out, should he have even been stopped and cited at all in a country that it adheres to the Constitution? Personally, I think he's a murderer, alleged, uh, innocent until proven guilty. But I believe if it is truly this man who did the shooting, I'm more concerned about a violent murderer than I am about the fact that he used a gun. And, I, and it's funny, a lot of people have pointed out to me, Tim, that's a very, very, uh, you know, uh, right wing argument or pro, pro 2A argument. Well, the issue is not so much that I think he should have been released. In fact, I think he broke the law and he should have been charged and, 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 and arrested. And if you want to change the law, you can change it after the fact. But the issue is if, if he went out with a knife, we would have seen a similar circumstance. Okay, if he went out with any other weapon, granted the gun made it easier. He, he was he was a, a allotted range, and he could target an individual and be 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 precise, I suppose, and it made it easier for him to do so. My bigger concern is about the crime committed, not the thing he was carrying, especially with second sec, Second Amendment. However, I, I I must stress, if somebody breaks the law in a dangerous way, then hold them accountable. And if he ended up getting charged with it, then I believe the proper response would have been filing a lawsuit, challenging it on Second Amendment grounds. And then you get the courts to weigh in on whether they can actually restrict weapons. And that's how you push back on unconstitutional law, because my understanding is there's no penalty for politicians passing unconstitutional law. It has to be challenged in the courts, in which case he got charged. He should have been arrested. This never would have happened. And then if, if you know, for those that are pro 2A, you file a lawsuit challenging it. And you might win. You might not. I'm not entirely sure. The point is, there was an opportunity to stop this guy. And there's been several opportunities. It's not just about the fact that he was charged and uh, released and they never pursued it. It's about the fact that Donald Trump has repeatedly offered assistance and they won't take it. Portland mayor responds to Trump, support us or stay the hell out of the way. Really support us. I believe Donald Trump has offered you support now several times and you kept saying no. Now, both the left and the right are calling for Ted Wheeler's resignation. I believe Ted Wheeler may be the worst mayor in this country. And I'm I'm sure there's probably some dumb, bumbling, drunk, small town mayors out there. But this guy takes the cake. Why? People are dying. People are being harassed in their homes. Three months of riots and nothing he's done has worked. At a certain point, when you can't do the job, you defer to someone else. I always talk about this with my friends when I try to explain how like actual authority and hierarchy works. I say this. I'll be playing a video game, right? So we, I used to play Division. It's, awesome. it's a fun game. I don't play it anymore. But you've got a team of about four people. And when we would do these missions, basically the game is like you're, you know, special operations guys with guns and you're like storming in and taking out gangs and stuff. You're playing this game. And we're doing a new mission. And my friend would be like, yo, follow me. I know how to do this level. We'd be like, okay, no questions asked. We just like, sure. Tell us what, tell us what, tell us what to do. And we'll make it work. If, if we kept, you know, failing and getting a game over, eventually they'd be like, I don't know. Does somebody else want to give it a shot? And then someone else would pick up and be like, okay, let's go do this. For the most part, we all just understood if someone's got a plan, we are going to give them, you know, we're going to say, you got it. Let's, let's roll with your plan. If it doesn't work, we swap up and try someone else's plan. Ted Wheeler doesn't do that. He has failed now over and over and over again. And the only thing he knows how to do is say, orange man is bad. No, it's your fault because you've had every opportunity to shut this down and you don't. You don't, you're, 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 and your DA won't do anything either. Your city is garbage. I'm sorry to the people of Portland. You got a really amazing hot sauce called Secret Arbor. That stuff is amazing. I should order some of that. No joke. It's really good. I, that's, that's my fondest memory of being in Portland. Someone giving me a bottle of that sauce. It is, it is amazing hot sauce. 
I'm gonna order some. Other than that, you got a you got a bad DA letting criminals out. You've got a mayor who can't do anything but blame Donald Trump and a governor who also just can't do anything. The AG sued the federal government. They are so desperate to play tribal politics. They are siding with the terrorists. I, I, I hate to say that word. It's a dumb word half the time. But they just straight up executed a Trump supporter in the street. I want to stress in this interview, this is a video from the common sense conservative. This dude says they were walking the other way. The guy yells, we got him. And they turn around like, what's going on? And the guy goes, bang, bang. Yes, there's a puff of mace. But think about it. You're walking. Someone behind you yells. You turn around. You see a guy with a gun. You pull out pepper spray and he shoots you. And that's what happened. Take a look at this story from Axios. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler reacted on Sunday to Trump's tweets attacking Democratic officials in the wake of the fatal shooting, saying, I'd appreciate that that uh, either he either the president support us or stay the hell out of the way. Trump has made Portland, which has seen more than 90 consecutive days of uh, Black Lives Matter protests. The city's declared what, like 20 something riots? And they've been riots. Have you seen the video where the mayor's standing there and he's like, you know, people are expressing their rights and then there's explosions all around them. Amazing. A target force claims that Democratic leadership is allowing violent rioters and Antifa to overrun cities. They are. (laughs) You know, it's really funny when I'm talking to some of my friends and they're like, can you believe what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse? I, I, can you believe that militias are storming through cities? I'm like, what are you talking about? One rally. Think about this. Trump supporters did one drive through rally in Portland. That's it. I've, I, I, saw, I saw a tweet from somebody. I responded to it. A journalism professor saying something like, I never thought I'd have to call to make sure my family was okay because militias were storming cities. And I sincerely said, I feel you. I had to make several phone calls after the repeated Chicago mass riots to my family. It's been going on nonstop for months. The police need to put an end to this. Yet, I don't understand how it is that they ignore the three months of riots and destruction and buildings being burnt down. I think it's because they don't care. I really do. I think it's because many of them like the extremists. But I also think it's because the media is shielding these people. The media kept saying peaceful protest over and over again. And I feel like that that's had an unintended consequence of convincing Democrats they actually were peaceful protests. You see, I've noticed this. I've noticed something. Democrats have a tendency to believe Twitter is, you know, a, a good barometer of public, uh, public perception and, 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 and public opinion. It's not. Twitter is a bubble of far left extremists and like moderate center right conservatives because Twitter has banned literally everybody else. Kid you not. Centrists who say who speak up get banned and staunch conservatives and conspiracy people banned instantly. So right now you have center right Trump supporters and far left extremists literally organizing violence. I warned about this a long time ago. You know, what I said I said it's like this. You got two kids. Right, one's wearing they're one's wearing a suit, and the other one's wearing ratty old clothes, and he's covered in ice cream. His hair's all messy. He's got you know a cherry aid all over his face, a red ring around his mouth. And you're like looking at these kids, and you're like, that kid over there is messy and, me- and gross. That kid's got it. What, what's up with that kid? The other kid's clean cut, wearing a nice little suit with his hair slicked to the side. The issue is not that the the clean cut kid is clean. It's that he's not allowed to have ice cream. You see the point? The point is, 
If you get everybody on Twitter, but Twitter only bans the, the creep, like the, the crazy, you know, conspiracy far right, you know, extremist types. And then you're, you're left up with a bunch of regular Trump supporters. And, and, and I'm not saying they only ban. I'm not saying everyone banned is that because they ban regular, you know, conservatives as well. The point I'm saying is they've chopped off the more unpersonable conservatives and right wing individuals, leaving nothing but a clean cut individual. The kid who's all messy. It's because the parent keeps giving him candy and ice cream. So he gets all messy. The left is allowed to do whatever they want on social media. So all the crazies are going around screeching, Russia, Trump is an autocrat trying to take over the country. There will never be an election again. I'm not kidding. They screech this stuff endlessly. So Twitter creates these bubbles where you have center right, looks good to me, and far left. These people are insane. Then Democrats go on Twitter and they're like, what's the left saying? Riots are good. Okay, roll with that message. And regular Americans are going, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go stand over here with these conservative guys because like, they're wearing suits. I'm wearing a beanie and just like, you know, some, some like, I don't know, casual clothes. But hey, man, like, if that's the only difference we got, other than some like political wedge issues, I can have a beer and a pizza with those guys and watch the game. And at, 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 at the end of the day, all we do is complain about disagreeing on, my, on, on these now relatively minor issues. I can't go over to the left. Those people are nuts. They say liberals get the bullet too. What? The conservatives don't want to kill me. They just want to yell MAGA and stuff. And I, okay, I don't know, and post memes and make jokes. There's a lot of things conservative want, conservatives uh, uh, vote for. I say, I don't know, you know, but the far left has gone insane and the Democrats are chasing after it. I think the media saying peaceful protest over and over again convinced many of these Democrats they were actually peaceful protests. I'm not kidding. And that's why they were supporting them. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Biden staff donate to groups that pay bills in riot torn Minneapolis. I need you to share this and you need to let people know the people running Joe Biden's campaign have been financially supporting the extremists. And I'll make one thing clear. I was thinking about this, uh, uh, you know, just before this segment. Have there been any instances where a Trump supporter has gone out and targeted somebody and executed them? No. The closest we've come, I believe right now, is Kyle Rittenhouse. But Kyle Rittenhouse was attacked and tried to flee. Now, I know a lot of the leftists are going to be like, what about all the extremist white nationalists? Oh, shut up. Those people don't like Trump. They've, they've even like some of the higher profile white nationalists even come out and denounced Trump. And Richard Spencer actually endorsed Joe Biden saying the alt-right moment is over and the liberals are clearly more competent. But he's been saying that. They don't like to admit it. But many of the people in the alt-right being identitarian don't completely disagree with many of the policies put forth by the left. In fact, they agree with a lot of it. In reality, when it comes to a MAGA hat wearing, you know, Trump, Trump kind of person, the closest thing we've gotten has been Kyle Rittenhouse, who was trying to run away from the rioters when he was attacked, someone fired and he, and he fired back. I'm not happy about any of it. I don't think the kids should have been there, but I, th- I don't think the rioters should have been there either. And I think the cops should have been. There's a lot of problems that needed to be solved before I'm going to get to blaming some kid who didn't like what was happening in his community. And yes, he worked in Kenosha. In Portland, it was them saying, we got him right here. Pull it out. Bang, bang. Targeted execution. My fear is that it'll get it'll get worse. So my my best advice to all the all the Trump supporters and everyone on the right, you better pray no one on the right seeks retaliation. You better cross your fingers and hope. And you better go to every single person you know and make sure nobody goes out and seeks out any kind of retribution or retaliation. This must be handled by law enforcement. 
First and foremost, it's the right thing to do. It's why we have police. Let them deal with it. More importantly, Donald Trump is starting to win in the polls because of this, because everyone does agree the police need to be the ones handling this. And the left is calling for defunding the police. So, so long as everyone just accepts that these crazy people are going out and the only way to stop it is law enforcement, then you're going to see suburban housewives, disaffected liberals, people like me say, Donald Trump, I'll tell you this, I've never been a big MAGA Trump conservative. And it's funny because conservatives know it. The liberals like to claim otherwise. But I'll tell you this, man, if, if Trump supporters actually did start going out and retaliating, yeah, then, then I see no hope because I'm not going to, Trump would have to come in and shut it down. But look, Trump's not responsible for what individuals flying his flag do that I get. But if it comes to the point where you've got retaliation and conflict on, on both sides escalating to an extreme degree, then I'm out. I'm, I'm just, what do you do, right? Right now, I can tell you this. The Trump supporters held a peaceful rally in Portland. They just, they were driving around. They're allowed to do it. I respect it. Same thing, same thing I said about the, the Black Lives Matter protesters who laid down in the street in Portland. In fact, I like that, the, that people do this. My, my concern with the Trump supporters going into Portland, however, was that the, the left will get violent and it'll lead to this escalation. But I, 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 I like, I respect, and uh, peaceful protest, I think, is fantastic. It's this, we have a First Amendment for a reason. However, I don't like the escalation of conflict and violence. And right now, Donald Trump and his supporters have been the ones maintaining the right to free speech and not targeted retaliation. As far as I can tell, maybe there's a few stories I'm missing, but the general thing I've seen is that the left has routinely been violent and violent and violent, just over and over and over again. The left will try to claim that a few, a few fringe extremists represent Trump's base. That's not true. So when I look at Trump supporters, I see people who, for the most part, aren't going out and protesting. For the most part, are just, when they do, like, walk away, they're just chanting and they are peaceful. And they're denouncing the violence every step of the way. And Donald Trump is the one calling for law and order. That's what convinces me that I have to vote for the guy, even though I'm not a big fan. Again, I always, say, I always, I always try to clarify this because when it comes to Trump as a personality, He's hilarious. I actually do think he does a great job as a comedian, and I mean that respectfully. Like I've been, I, I've been to his, his uh, uh, I've been to many of his rallies. The dude knows how to do stand up. I'm not even kidding. He can make a crowd laugh. He know it's it's almost like John Stewart esque talking politics and humor in one go, and even being self deprecating, and it and it works. But in terms of you know presidential politics voting, was never the never the guy I was into. However, right now we've got a guy calling for law and order, and he means it. And for the most part, I've seen his supporters mean it too. Now, I've seen Trump supporters box people out. I've seen Proud Boys go in the streets and punch people. But I'm telling you, listen, you have a right to, to march peacefully. It's Antifa that has been starting the violence almost exclusively. And so I'm like, just get the cops in. But, I know, but, but I'll tell you this, if people go out and seek retaliation or anything like that, you'll, I'm, I'm out. I'm out for sure. I'll tell you, a lot of people feel similarly. So right now, here's what needs to happen. This is Joe Biden's staff doing this. I see that. I recognize that. Funding these people, calling for more. Not Donald Trump. Donald Trump and his people have been saying, stop, enough, stop. That's what I want. No escalation, no violence. So y'all let law enforcement take care of this. I know their hands are tied behind their back. One of the biggest problems is that this dude got arrested for a gun charge and just cut loose. Law enforcement needs to deal with it. In Portland, it's not happening. And that's why I think Trump is the right choice, because at some point, 
I believe he will, you know, step in, invoke the Insurrection Act or, or, or you know, we're, we've already seen the DOJ go after many of these extremists. And that's what needs to happen. We need the law, we need law enforcement to deal with this. I'll say it a million times, man. But I'll leave it there. More details come out, then uh, I'll have more to update. Next segment will be at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. As many of you are probably aware, after a Trump supporter was killed walking down the street in Portland, many of these far leftists from Black Lives Matter and Antifa were cheering for this, saying things like, I am not sad that an effing fascist died tonight. And then many people in the crowd start cheering, celebrating the death of this man who was apparently walking the other direction when a far leftist said, we got a couple right here. According to a witness, the friend of the victim, they turned around and it was too late. But they're not just celebrating. They're fundraising. Antifa BLM fundraising off of Saturday Night Murder, collecting for bulletproof vests and Kevlar helmets. This is scary. When asked, uh, the, the, the friend of the victim basically said, you know, we need to get a, a handle on things because it's going to escalate. And he's right. And I've been saying it for quite some time. Antifa right now, they're, they're fundraising for bulletproof vests and Kevlar helmets because they're worried that there will be some kind of retaliation. This is why it's very important to stress no one should go out and retaliate. Law enforcement should take care of all of this. And if they don't, it's still better to hold back and wait. We got an election coming up. Right now, the right has been, for the most part, lied about and attacked, smeared in the media. And after one rally with Trump supporters driving through their cars, Joe Biden and the Democrats are screeching about militias raiding cities. And I've had enough. I don't think Americans are stupid enough to believe the line they're feeding them, that it's Trump's fault for three months. Black Lives Matter has been rioting. But last night, it, it's not just look, it's not just about them fundraising. There's more coming. Police investigate possible shot fired at L.A. Trump caravan. You see, Trump supporters drove through Los Angeles and it's reported that someone fired uh, around at these Trump supporters. The police then started raiding buildings and people were apparently throwing things from their windows at these cars. So escalation does seem to be, I mean, I hate to say it because I say it all the time, but we're going to see more escalation. That's why it's imperative that conservatives, moderates, Trump supporters let law enforcement handle this. But here's what I want to focus on. We know that they were cheering, but they're fundraising off of this. They're trying to make money off of this to prepare for escalation. Red State reports. It is reported by various observers that Antifa BLM on Sunday night are continuing to celebrate the murder Saturday night of Aaron Danielson, who was shot in the middle of a Portland street and apparently identified as a Trumper because of the Patriot prayer hat he was wearing. Andy No tweeted, Antifa are gathered at Laurelhurst Park in southeast Portland and are still thrilled over the deadly shooting yesterday. They baselessly called the victim a Nazi. Some are dancing in the park. On social media, they are soliciting mass donations for more riot gear. But not only are they celebrating, they're also trading on their celebrity, Step Aside Kenosha, to raise money for needed supplies and equipment. On top of their wish list, ballistic vests and Kevlar helmets. Some, some of the messages express concern that rioters might now be targeted for retaliation in response to the murder of Danielson. You think, they say? Andy No tweets, in response to the killing of the Trump supporter in down on Portland, Antifa accounts are soliciting for donations to buy more riot gear. They just received a shipment of bulletproof vests and want more. They crowdfund on Cash App and Venmo. No joke. 
PDX Shield Mom says, please boost. Right wing terrorists are really mad that we are coming together as a community to protect each other with ballistic gear. If you would like to donate to support getting more ballistic gear on the streets, please DM me. Right wing terrorists, they say, are mad that they're they're fundraising for gear. Actually, I would say many people are mad and it's starting to reflect in the betting odds and in the polls benefiting Donald Trump. They're mad that some guy was walking on the street and got shot in the chest. Here's another particularly pathetic display. The woman claims she was one of two medics who rushed to Danielson in the moments after he was shot and attempted to render first aid. She claims that when Portland police arrived at the scene just moments later, they pushed her and the other medic away and would not allow them to treat Danielson. She claims that Danielson was still alive when she was pushed away and that he died during the period he was not being treated while waiting for paramedics in an ambulance. She said, I was one of two medics on scene when the man who died last night was shot. I barely had time to begin an examination before the cops pushed and batoned me off his body. That man was alive when I left, and it will haunt me for the rest of my life that, that they screamed about having a real medic, and none was on scene, and that man not but 20 minutes later was confirmed dead. When I close my eyes, I can only see his face and the murderous rage in the eyes of a cop abusing me to force me away from helping him as best I could. How do the cops know that she wasn't the person who killed him? Why should the cops allow a, a, a random person with duct tape on their arm to treat someone who was just shot? And in fact, many of these cops probably have some basic first aid training as well. She said, thanks for everyone for reaching out. Truthfully, I have no clue, but I'll start with needing a bulletproof vest, uh, GSW kits. My Venmo is, I'm not going to say her Venmo. If anybody wants to slide their local protest medic some funds. One of the videos of the aftermath of the shooting does show the first, uh, does show the first Portland police officer to arrive at the scene, move two people who appear to be treating Danielson away from his body. But the officers have no way of knowing who the people are and whether they have any actual medical training. For all the officers know, the persons attending to a gunshot victim might be doing more harm than good, or they might be the people who killed him. Through her alligator tears, she manages to give out her Venmo information and asks for donations so she can buy a ballistic vest. As 11.45 p.m. on Sunday night, Portland time, that Twitter account no longer exists. I wonder how much money she raised. Perhaps she got banned for raising money in this way. But let's talk about what happened in L.A. They're fundraising, they're celebrating, and they are doing more. It's not the Trump supporters who have been going out for months, smashing and destroying. In fact, it's not the Trump supporters who have been going out for years and doing this. Police searched apartment buildings for three men following reports that someone may have fired a shot at a car caravan of supporters of President Donald Trump that rolled through L.A. on Sunday, authorities said. Police responded to the sprawling complex shortly before noon after receiving reports that someone was throwing bottles and other items at vehicles on Ventura Boulevard, said LAPD officer Drake Madison. A short time later, a caller reported that a man had brandished a gun and fired at least once at passing cars. No injuries were reported. One motorist reported a flat tire, Madison said. Investigators didn't immediately confirm whether a gun was fired. Quote, now we've got three people holed up in the location and SWAT is trying to find them, Madison said. A police helicopter circled overhead and authorities used a loudspeaker to tell residents to stay indoors, said Chantel Bonnet, who lives in a townhouse at the complex in the Woodland Hills neighborhood. I heard feet running in behind my building and I called 911. They told me to stay inside and keep the door locked, said Bonnet who was home with her kids, ages 10 and 12. It was pretty scary. Dozens of cars and trucks, many with Trump banners, honked and shouted their support 
of the president as the caravan rolled through the San Fernando, uh, through the San Fernando Valley. The event was mostly peaceful, Madison said. You see, here's, here's the important part. Mostly peaceful. When the rioters come out for the left and destroy things, they say mostly peaceful. When Trump supporters drive down the street and get attacked by the far left and extremists, they still say mostly peaceful. As if to insinuate it was the Trump supporters that were, were committing the acts of violence by driving in their vehicles. It's the semantic game they play. They say, the rally came the morning after a man was fatally shot in Oregon. Demonstrators have taken to the streets in communities across California and the nation since the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We know what happened with Blake. Officials bracing for more demonstrations Sunday evening in Sacramento, California, said public transportation would be halted in, the down, in some downtown areas with another night of protests scheduled and the large number of people expected to be walking on or near the light rail tracks in key quarters. SAC RT will be temporarily suspending light rail and bus service. This is the weekend. We tend to see skirmishes and some low tier violence throughout the week. Saturday and Sunday tend to be the worst. Now we have a man dead. When the Trump supporters drove in LA, they got shot at as well. These far leftists are fundraising for more gear. We need the police to be em- em- empowered to shut this down. Now in LA, they're doing it. Okay, SWAT is, is, is searching this building or they were. I don't know what the update is. This is the latest story. And there were several people holed up in this building and helicopters circling overhead. Sounds like they're pulling out the stops, trying to shut this down. I can respect that. They go on to say six people were arrested and a police officer officer was injured late Saturday night in Oakland, California, after a mostly peaceful demonstration. I just you know what, man, it is not. Stop saying it. The media are empowering this by not calling it what it is. Violent, violent incidents violent riots, call it whatever, you know, just call it what it is. Mostly peaceful demonstration for racial justice turned violent. Police said some gas and smoke was used to force demonstrators away after people hurled rocks and bottles. It's no longer a protest when they're throwing objects at people. They say in San Jose, a crowd spray painted graffiti Saturday on Mayor Sam Licardo's home. His neighbors quickly banded together to clean up the mayor's home. Licardo said in a statement, The vandalism does not detract from his support of the Black Lives Matter movement. These people are incorrigible. You're getting targeted by extremists. They're burning things down. They're killing people. And this is the feckless political play we get. These politicians, these Democrats, Joe Biden himself had staff, uh, Joe Biden's staff members were were funding the bail, uh, uh, the bail fund to get these people out of jail. And even after they're targeted, they say we still support them. That's called bootlicking. I think it's hilarious when I mention you've got people burning down buildings. And I say the police should come in and shut it down. They say, keep looking that boot, Tim. The cops are shutting down people, killing other people. That's not bootlicking. You know, what it is these politicians and these businesses bending the knee to Black Lives Matter after they get beaten. They're being whipped in the face. And then they say, thank you, sir. May I have another grow a spine and stand up. If not, then people who live here need to vote these people out. Many of these same neighbors homes bear Black Lives Matter signs, and they represent the true spirit of the movement and of our San Jose community. They contrast sharply with the roughly hundred so-called protesters who stood by silently or even cheered as a flag was burned. (laughs) It's literally the march. There's no other march. It's this. You talk about your movement. The people who are going around destroying things are the movement, not you. Stop playing silly games. Check this out. Josh Kaplan says Fox 6 
Kenosha police arrested 175 people from 44 different cities since unrest began a week ago. That's right. They come from all over. They are your movement. They fly the flag. They spray paint the message. And they're literally screaming Black Lives Matter. And they go, well, the real movement are the people minding their own business, not protesting, doing nothing but putting up little signs in their windows. Why should I believe that? Why am I supposed to believe that someone who is not active, in, is not engaged, is the actual movement? No, I'm sorry. The people doing things, those are the people that I'm going to say are the movement, the ones flying the flags and demanding of people, the ones calling for abolishing the police and cheering as everything gets burned down and destroyed around them. Because, I mean, the politicians have been supporting the street level protests the whole time. And perhaps, like I said earlier, it's because the media kept saying peaceful protests. So the Democrats were like, great, peaceful protests are great. And what was really happening was riots and destruction. Well, the Oregon governor plans to end protest violence and protect free speech. So they say, let's see what their plan is. Oregon Governor Kate Brown unveiled a plan that she says will end violence and arson in Portland. <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. I have a plan to end the arson in Portland. Oh, do you? You have a have an arson problem and you didn't solve it, solve it in the past three months. Wow. You know what? I can I can confidently say and proudly my town doesn't have an arson problem. It needs a plan to be solved. Most of the time when there's arson, the police and fire investigators come out and they track down the person who did it and they arrest them. Have you tried that, Governor Kate Brown? Well, <laughs> And violence and arson in Portland. I can't believe they have an arson problem. Who'd want to live there? While also protecting the free speech of the protesters. The governor unveiled the so-called unified law enforcement plan on Sunday following a deadly shooting. Quote, we all must come together, elected officials, community leaders, all of us to stop the cycle of violence. But this is only the first step. Real change will come from the hard work to achieve racial justice. And it starts with all of us listening to each other and working together. These people are awful. Vote them out. Get rid of them. You know what, man? This is not policy, okay? It is not a left or right position to be like, I support the police or I don't. That's, that's insane. How, how has it come to the point where it's a conservative opinion to be like, let's have police? What do we do with it? What, you just have people romping around burning down buildings? If you really want to argue that the left today, that it is that I am being right wing by saying, I, for one, don't like people being murdered in the street, be it by cop or rioter. That's right wing. I'm not I'm not kidding. That is because the left ignores all the dead from their own event. When was the last time you saw a protest for David Dorn? Oh, it was a conservative group marching peacefully. You know what this is? The Democrats embracing extremists because they're scared of saying no, because they're on Twitter too much, and they think Twitter opinion reflects the public. And that's why they're starting to freak out now and blame Trump for everything. It's turned on them. Here's what, here's what they're going to say. Governor Brown said she'll be asking sheriff's deputies from both Clackamas and Washington County, as well as officers from Gresham to support Portland police in keeping the peace. Brown said Oregon State Police will continue to offer personnel, resources, and body cameras to the Portland Police Bureau. She also said the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI will commit additional resources to the plan. The governor is convening a community forum on racial justice and police reform, which will include black protest organizers and community leaders, as well as Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler. Mayor Ted Wheeler needs to be recalled and just gotten rid of. The left agrees, the right agrees, and that's all that matters. Everybody agrees. Get rid of the guy. Kate Brown launches her plan. She says, one, 
Multnomah County DA will prosecute serious criminal offenses, including arson and physical violence. Oh, will they? Yeah, right. Multnomah, Multnomah County Sheriff's Office will work with the system partners to hold individuals booked for violent behavior and to ensure there is adequate jail space. You know, it's funny. My town doesn't need a plan that basically says enforce the law. My town doesn't need to remind the DA to prosecute crime. Apparently, Oregon has fallen into such I don't know, chaotic disrepair that she actually had to put together a plan where she's like, OK, here's my idea. Cops arrest people who break the law. DA prosecute people who break the law. That's what they're supposed to do. It's literally the bare minimum. You've come out and said, I have a plan to stop the violence. It's called bare minimum. Wow. You know what this is? They wait till it gets so bad and so violent that they can do the bare minimum. And it does sound like they're doing something. I, for one, am going to have police arrest criminals. The police are supposed to arrest criminals. You're not doing anything. You're literally doing nothing. Three. As done previously, Oregon State Police will detail personnel and resources to Portland to free it. Look, look at this. It's just literally like bare minimum. The governor is asking Clackamas and Washington County Sheriff's offices to support the Portland Police Bureau with personnel and resources. All right, that's something. I'll give it, I'll give you that one. Oregon State Police have offered over two dozen body cameras. The U.S. Attorney and the Federal Bureau of Investigation will commit additional resources for investigation. There we go. There it is. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, I'll back that one up. All right. I was a little a little over the top, I guess. Respect. And I sincerely mean it. Bringing in the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office to actually start going after some of these, uh, you know, interstate criminals. I got, I got respect for that. You know, uh, too many of these jurisdictions have said no to Trump's assistance. It's not exactly what I was hoping for, where you can actually have bolstered law enforcement, but it's actually not bad. It's not, it's not bad. First of all, the first few points are still laughable. I think to be fair, we're going to have the cops do their job and the DA will prosecute. Oh, okay, dude, calm down, calm yourself. Bring in the feds and state police. It's actually a good plan. It's actually, it, it is, it is. And I got, I got to be fair with that. I'm glad to see that the governor is finally going to bring in, bring, uh, is going to bring in the feds on this one. But more importantly, I think we actually have a real solution. I don't think it would be a good idea if Trump did deploy pact throughout the streets. You know, like like FPS, something to bolster law enforcement, I get, uh, I guess. But, you know, let me, let, me, let me go back. Let me walk back a little bit what I was just saying and, and just put it this way. There is a fear of escalation. They do want to target Trump and the federal government. Having the state police come out, but having the FBI handle the desk work and the, inve- the investigations and the prosecution, I think actually a good plan. So I respect that. At first, you know, my, my, my assumption was just based off the first three points, because Oregon should have been doing much more than they've been doing. They're not even doing the minimum. The reason the state police left in the first place was because the DA wouldn't prosecute people. I'll still be very critical in saying it's laughable that they're only now just deciding to enforce the law. But I'll tell you this. There's one thing they've done so far, and it's number six, bringing in the U.S. attorney and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Okay. I got, okay. All right. We'll see how this plays out. And I can respect that. She says the right wing group Patriot. Uh Oh, here we go. The right wing group Patriot parents self-proclaimed militia members drove into downtown Portland last night armed and looking for a fight. Every Oregonian has the right to freely express their views that fear of deadly violence. I will. I, this, wow. Wow. Nah, I can respect her bringing in the feds, but this is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. I will not allow Patriot prayer and armed white supremacists to what? 
legally walk down the street and then be executed. Yep. The mayor has been blaming Trump for this, that the city is look, man, I'm sorry. I, I see a lot of people, you know, were criticizing me over my predictions earlier this year. And a lot of you are, you know, are eating your hats, egg on your face. I remember when I said that COVID would result in food, you know, food shortages being stripped from shelves and supply chain disruption. Yeah, we're here. My friends have been sending me photos from a bunch of different stores, gun stores, professional equipment stores. Everything's gone. I have friends who can't even buy bicycles. The supply chain is completely disrupted. And I'm making I made more predictions. I said civil war. But listen, if you can't wave a Trump flag and just drive around in your car without being accused of being the bad guy, the tribalism has become so extreme. I don't see uh, I, I don't see negotiating. I, I don't see conversation happening anymore. Like you're not going to convince anybody. You can't go to these people and say people have a First Amendment right. They're going to say, I don't care my tribe or else. I don't think the right is doing that. I think there are some right wing people. One thing I noticed is that a lot of people are saying the uh, the shooter in in Oregon was illegally carrying a weapon. OK, well, Kyle Rittenhouse was also charged with illegally carrying a weapon. I'm, I'm not here to play these games. I'll tell you this. Kyle Rittenhouse fled. He was running from the violence and they attacked him and tried to snatch the gun from him and he defended himself. Someone else fired first. The guy in Portland targeted the Trump supporter, the far left has targeted the Trump supporter saying, we got him right here, pull it out. And when the Trump supporters turned around, he shot him in the chest. It's a very different circumstance. But I am seeing people point out the gun thing. And I'm like, there are certainly conservatives who play tribe, tribal politics. But I believe for the most part, the right is not doing what the left is doing in terms of tribalism. The right will can see when they're wrong. And that is why disaffected liberals, politically homeless and moderate types are joining the ranks of Trump supporters and saying they're going to vote. They're going to vote Trump. Many people who are like, you know, I don't like the guy all that much, but he's the only choice, right? It's because Trump supporters aren't the ones starting the violence, aren't the ones going out seeking retaliation, and they are the ones willing to concede fault on some issues. Not all of them, but enough. So I'll tell you this, it needs to stop. And I believe it's coming from the left. I can't believe she would say that. But it's no surprise. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is a different channel, and I will see you all then. Joe Biden was back out on the campaign trail today. Finally, you know, he's been hiding in his basement for quite some time. And he decided to say something about the socialists. He said, do I do I look like a radical socialist with a soft spot for rioters? Really? Joe Biden slams Donald Trump for linking him to violence and accuses president of poisoning our democracy in Pittsburgh's speech, denouncing rivals leadership. Joe Biden do you look like a radical socialist? No. Do you have a soft spot for rioters? Yes. Your campaign staff provided money to the bail fund to get them out. And your vice president, a candidate, Kamala Harris, tweeted she wanted people to donate to the bail fund for the people arrested during the riots. So I don't know what point you're trying to make is, but I'll tell you this. When asked about this and the ongoing riots and violence, Kaylee McEnany roasted Biden, the Democrats, and she had this great line at the end saying that, you know, everything the press is doing is like the arsonists blaming the, or what the Democrats are doing. It's like arsonists blaming the firefighters. And I, I, that's how I feel. The far left and Joe Biden, you know, they look, Joe Biden's not going around rioting. The far left is Joe Biden's campaign staff, Kamala Harris, you get the point. They support this 
Now they're complaining about it. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, Kaylee McKennedy nails it. We'll take, let's take a look at exactly what she said. And the reason I'm not going to get into too much about what Joe Biden said is because, as you can imagine, the dude could barely speak straight. This is why they keep they keep hiding him in the basement. He has this one line, I kid you not, where he's like, can you believe, you know, COVID in one year, more, more than 100 year? It's, it, it, can you believe that more people in one year died than 100 years? And I'm just like, I, Joe, I got no idea what you're trying to say, man. Okay, listen, I can, I can sit here all day and night and talk about the things I don't like about Trump. But come on, have the Democrats really given us any alternative? The one guy who's standing up against the violence the entire time is Trump. I'm not going to vote for a Democrat. And then you got the Libertarian Party endorsing intersectionalism. I'm not going to vote for that either. I guess there's the Green Party. But look, I think Trump is best suited for fixing the economy. And, 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 and I, don't know what, I don't know what you expect of me, man. Of course, the media plays dirty games. They normally do. Well, Kaylee McEnany to the rescue. White House blasts Democratic mayors for unrest during protests. Secure your streets. It is incumbent on Democrats to step up said Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany. Fox News reports, McEnany, who was speaking a day before Trump's planned visit to Kenosha, blamed the uptick in violent crime in a number of American cities on Democratic mayors and argued that the president's use of federal force was the only thing keeping Americans safe among the defund the police movement. It's not just that. He's vocally opposing it. If we, if, if all the Trump supporters stood out of the way, the far left would steamroll through and they've already abolished the police in, in Minneapolis and defunded in Seattle. So what do you think happens? About 129 departments, according to one survey, have faced some kind of defunding in the past several months. So yeah, I'm going to call for the advocate because as much as I think cops got, you know, the police departments have problems and reform is a good idea. That means more funding. That means more training. It means more programs. That's the big look. When it came to New York, I lived there for several years. The big complaint was they weren't trained well enough. The cops weren't trained properly in firearm usage or in, you know, uh, uh, how, to, how to manage an unruly suspect. And so we needed more funding for them. Then they complain they have too much money and take it away and things get worse because of it. It's exactly what's happening. Although, uh, here's what they say. Although murder in 25 major U.S. Uh, in 25 major U.S. cities has increased 16.1% this year, overall crime, including rape, aggravated assault, and various property theft, is down 5.3% through the end of May, relative to this time last year, according to data from the FBI compiled by the New York Times. Criminologists attribute increasing murder rates, which in many cities rose as COVID-19 restrictions were lifted, to a range of factors, including the fact that violence tends to increase in warmer months. No, 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 no. Get, get out of here. We had warm months last year. That's not that's not answering anything. Trump's trip to Kenosha comes as the city is reeling from protests over the police shooting of Jacob Blake. This we understand. Demonstrators are calling for the officer who shot Blake, Rustin Shesky, to be fired and face attempted murder charges. The president's visit also comes more than a week after authorities say 17 year old Kyle Rittenhouse from northern Illinois shot and killed two protesters. The defendant's legal team claimed he was acting in self-defense. Well, I'll point this out, too, because I did mention it in the main segment. They asked Kaylee McEnany about a tr- about a tweet that Trump liked, which was my tweet thread, where I was talking about Kyle Rittenhouse being the reason why I decided to vote for Trump. What they don't get into, what they're trying to do is make it seem like I'm saying I like that the guy went out there with the gun. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. The point of my tweet was that Kyle Rittenhouse should not have been out there. The police should have been. Trump should have sent the, the, the governor of Wisconsin should have accepted Trump's offer for assistance a long time ago. I mean, a long time relative to how long it's been going on. 
immediately. He should have bolstered the National Guard as requested. Kyle Rittenhouse is a good example of why I decided to vote for Trump, a young man who should not have should not have been out there and was put in this position. And yes, foolishly took it upon himself. All of these things should not have happened. The riots shouldn't have happened. I mean, the, the shooting of Jacob Blake shouldn't have happened either. OK, but that's that's a tougher question pertaining to this guy having a warrant, you know, uh, going into this woman's home Ill- like illegally. It wasn't supposed to was a restraining order being armed with a knife. I'm not happy any of it happened. But the situation with Kyle Rittenhouse should not especially have happened. And now they're trying to to act like this kid is some evil mass shooter. It's just a dumb kid in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he shouldn't have been there. And if our law enforcement was allowed to do their job, this would not have happened. That's the point. I don't think this kid should be locked up for a million years. And I think the people attacked him bear some responsibility, but I wish none of it happened. I don't know what else to tell you. Tragedy happens, and you can't always give this cut and dry answer as to who's really to blame. But I'll tell you what, don't attack people. It's that simple. I don't know what to tell you, man. Let's read more. They say Blake's death has ignited new demonstrations, as we know. McKennedy said Trump does not plan to meet with Blake's family during his trip to Wisconsin, but instead will tour the damage done in the city and meet with local law enforcement. She also denied the president's trip or another one scheduled in North Carolina had any political motivation behind them. Both Wisconsin and North Carolina are key battleground states in the upcoming general elections in November, and ones Trump and Democratic nominee Joe Biden are locked in a close race. The president wants to visit hurting Americans. When asked about violence over the weekend in Portland, Oregon, where one supporter of the president was shot and killed after a large caravan of Trump supporters and Black Lives Matter protesters clashed, McKennedy grew heated by a question about reports of paintball guns being fired. She said, you're going to ask me about a paintball video when there's a when there is horrific violence. There has been 90 days of violence from an anarchist organization. Bravo, Kaylee. Republicans have has roundly blamed Antifa, a shadowy left wing anti-fascist movement made up of autonomous groups for much of the violence and looting that has followed. I think this is wrong. I understand the idea of Antifa to catch all term, but this is overtly Black Lives Matter supporters. They're chanting Black Lives Matter. I've said it before. If you come out and say we want a communist communist revolution and wave a flag, you'll get like 10 people. But if you come out and wave a flag saying Black Lives Matter, you'll get 100 people. Antifa realized this and changed their messaging tactic. So the people coming out are supporting Black Lives Matter. They say despite those claims, the DOJ, as well as independent fact checkers, have found no evidence that Antifa was behind the protests, nor that any of its members were among those facing federal charges. You see, there it is. It's just people coming out and riding in support of Black Lives Matter. McKennedy's comments and Trump's uh, upcoming meeting with Wisconsin law enforcement comes in the heels of last week's RNC, where many in the GOP cast the upcoming election as a clash between law and order and anarchy. Trump has denounced protesters as thugs while sharply defending police and the organizers of the convention used recent protest footage to paint a foreboding and violent picture of the future if Biden denies Trump a second term. Trump is expected to continue to hit that theme when he travels to Kenosha. And there's one thing that matters. They'll say to you, it's Trump's America. It's Trump's responsibility. Wrong. Doesn't matter. They'll say, uh, well, you know, uh, Kamala Harris, top cop, right? She'll come in and crush him. Doesn't matter. You know what does? When this started, Trump said, no. And what did Biden and Kamala and many other Democrats say? They cheered it on. The Democratic mayors and governors use taxpayer funds to support their message and paint Black Lives Matter in the street. That's extreme. That's too extreme for me. And it makes me really angry. It's offensive that they would take taxpayer money for this. 
Are they going to paint MAGA or Blue Lives Matter? No, they've denied that repeatedly. That's what matters. Trump has consistently denounced this, and he was right. When he said no, it would because it was going to get worse, it did get worse. And the Democrats ignored it. And the betting odds started flipping. And the polls started flipping. And now Donald Trump is set to do better than expected. I think it's funny because, you know, a few weeks ago, they were like, Trump is double digits down. His COVID response has been awful. And, you know, Biden's winning. But keep in mind, things can change. Trump can turn it around. I thought that was particularly funny because here we go. And it's a Democrat's own fault. All I needed early on was when the riots happened was for any one of them to say no to the people going around burning things down while claiming they support Black Lives Matter. No to the people waving the Antifa flags, wearing all black, smashing windows. No, they couldn't do it. Of course, they'll try and lie now. It's not really Black Lives Matter doing this. It's, uh, you know, uh, uh, agitators. Tell, okay, tell that to the actual people who work for and organize with Black Lives Matter cheering for this stuff, tweeting about it. Sorry, your narrative isn't going to work. You embraced extremists in a desperate bid to win. And now you will have to uh, look. What, what is it? What is it saying? No, I'll, I'll just put it this way. You reap what you sow. Because I, I, other people that, you know, I won't use any other idioms. That one, you reap what you sow. You throw the seeds out. Now you get what you get. You, you want to support this? Well, then people are going to turn on you and you got nothing else to say. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. This is a viral video of a black woman talking about Donald Trump. And she says he repeatedly came out and asked for their support when he did not need it. He, she said he won without support from the black vote. He only got around 8%. And he's still coming out and saying, what do you want? What do you got to lose? Helping out, talking about low unemployment numbers. And she goes, he doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need our, our support. Sure enough, he is. And she, and she said she liked it. And I, th- I thought that's actually a really good point. I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend like Trump isn't concerned about reelection and, and looking at paths towards victory. But it is a good point. He didn't get elected by the black vote. But he's dedicated a lot of time and energy to uh, to the black community, which I find very interesting, especially as we see the rise of many prominent black conservatives, particularly those running for Congress. I think Donald Trump is sincere. He's actually ended up losing support among white liberals and you know white uh, urban uh, individuals for everything he's done. But he's doing particularly well among Hispanics and the black vote. Right now, uh, Washington Examiner says black voters pushing Trump to victory with support for Biden, 15 points down. I don't know, what do we have? Five polls now showing Trump's support in the black, uh, with black voters is like 30% or somewhere around there. If Trump really does pull in those numbers, it's a guaranteed win. That's what, that's what the pundit class says. The, the, all the news outlets and the pollsters say, if 20% or more of the black vote goes to Trump, it's a, it's a landslide. Done. End of story. Now, of course, he could lose a lot of voters somewhere else, I suppose. I don't see that being the case. I think Trump is uniting a lot of people. And, the, the, you know, this younger generation of conservative, they are more diverse. I think Trump's going to win because of it. Check it out. President Trump's support from likely black voters is nearly twice what campaign officials believe is needed to win reelection and 15 points under the level Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden needs, according to a new survey. The latest John Zogby Strategies EMI Research Solutions poll which was taken after last week's Republican National Convention that featured several minority speakers, put Trump's support from black voters at 20% for Biden. It's at 75. 
for Trump, that is 12 points more than he received in 2016 and nine points more than campaign officials believe he needs to keep the White House. One senior official recently told secrets. If it's at 11 percent, then we win. The polling analysis suggested that the rioting in cities and Trump's law and order stance could be driving more black voters into his camp and robbing Biden of votes from the Democrat Democratic Party's most loyal base. The analysis said Biden should be pleased with the support among Democrats, women, among Democrats, women and Hispanics. But a lead of 75 to 20 among black voters can spell real trouble. A Democrat needs 90 percent plus and a high turnout among blacks. Could it be that Trump's law and order message is hitting home among black voters who are worried about demonstration uh, demonstrations getting out of control? Biden holds 52 percent to 35 percent among 18 to 29 year olds. But Barack Obama, Barack Obama won with 66 percent in 08 and 61 percent in 2012 among this young cohort. Paris Denard, the campaign senior communication advisor for black media affairs, told Secrets, quote, it is not surprising to see numerous polls showing President Trump's approval with black voters increasing. After watching both political conventions make their best case, black Americans are giving President Trump a second look and many a first look because they are learning more about his record and, uh, of achievement and Joe Biden's old and new policies that work against the black community, coupled with Biden's consistently offensive bigoted comments. Several other recent polls have found steady support for Trump from black voters. The poll also found Biden leading Trump but the lead shrank after the Republican convention. In a two-way race, Biden leads Trump 48 to 42. In a four-way race that includes two independents who are pulling votes away from Biden, the Democrat leads 45% to 42%. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this, right? We had Billy Prempe on the IRL podcast just a week or so ago, and he is a black conservative Trump supporter running in North Jersey. Seems like a cool dude, regular guy, pretty, really smart. It was an amazing podcast. I think it may have been one of our best shows. And he's like a he's like a regular guy who's hip and fairly socially liberal, but still conservative in a lot of ways. And it says to me that, you know, when Donald Trump campaigned and he started saying things like, what have you got to lose? I think a lot of people were listening. I have to imagine there's a lot of people who you know live in Chicago, who live in Baltimore and these other cities who started thinking, you know, with with the Democrats policy positions dominating this city for this long and nothing's improved and it seems it seems stagnant. Maybe we do have nothing to lose. Like how much worse could you get for Chicago or Baltimore? I mean, it could probably get worse, but it's pretty bad. I think a lot of people just said, yeah, whatever. I'll roll the die, right? Why not? But another started looking into it more and more and more. And you know, it was really, I was thinking about this recently. It was really, it was, uh, you know, it's a tough subject, but I was thinking about Kanye West. I've talked about how he is a very, very influential and prominent voice especially for young black individuals in this country. Not that I think he's the most influential or the most important for a lot of people, but there's people who look up to him of all races. And I was thinking about, you know, he came out for Trump and he got smeared and destroyed in the press. First, I thought, why did he come out in support of, of conservatism, of Donald Trump, Republican Party? And I remember it. It was he said he liked what Candace Owens was saying. And then I thought about Candace Owens. She's also a black conservative and she endures hate and smears and she gets called a white supremacist all the time. And I thought about like, what started all of this? Well, I think for one, you needed individuals to rise up and push back. And you had that with people like Candace Owens. And now you have many more black conservatives. But I remember something really, really like profound with Kanye West when he had this campaign rally and he talked about being pro-life and he was brought to tears 
talking about abortion and the black community and how it negatively impacts, you know, him and his community. And boy, did they smear him. You know, I heard once, and I believe this is true, that the Democrats say, or Politico say, the key to the black vote is through the church. And I was always confusing to me because conservatives have always been much more the Christian party or the religious party, to say the least. Now they are seeing a lot more, you know, uh, atheists and secular voters coming in because of social justice issues like, and I mean specifically like the far left insanity. But I, I, I always thought about this. Wouldn't, wouldn't it make more sense if black voters tend to be slightly more conservative and religious to vote for the Republicans? Why, why is that? And I started thinking about things that Kanye West was talking about. He said that he was told, you're a Democrat, that's the way it has to be, or else that basically they would destroy his career if he ever came out and talked about what he really believed. Well, now Kanye West has got FU money. He's basically untouchable. Not completely. They'll still smear him and try to destroy him. But dude's a billionaire, I'm pretty sure. And so now he's, he's breaking the mold. I was, I, was, I, was, I, I was thinking about that speech he gave when he talked about abortion and being pro-life and how he was brought to tears. And I'm like, you know, the media called him unhinged. They said he was having an episode, he needed medication. And I'm like, nah, that's not what it is. You know what it is? I see this as a guy who his whole life knew what was right to him, knew what he stood for, and knew what it meant to be, to be Christian, to go to church. But he was told by everyone, don't you dare cross us or we'll destroy you. Think about living a life where you know you can't tell people how you really feel. And then finally, I don't know how old Kanye Kanye West is, but finally after decades, he gets the courage to finally stand up and speak up and he just says what he believes. And of course, he knows he's going to be destroyed for it. I can only imagine after decades of being of having your beliefs and your views repressed, and I'm talking about something, you know, that people like Kanye view as a supreme evil. You know, this is a guy who's pro-life, who talks about, the, you know, the, the amount of abortions that affect the black community. And he's been told, shut up or else. Like real threats, real fear. You, you will be canceled. Your life will be destroyed. Everything will be taken from you. And now he stands up and he says, what he, he was wearing a bulletproof vest, wasn't he? Something like that. Yeah, because he really is scared because he's been told his whole life what it means if you speak up and talk about what you really believe. But the church, the church, they believe these things. These are, the, these are what they hold true to themselves. Kanye sh- smashed through that glass and you could see the emotion that came along with it. He's not the only one. That's why I think a lot of people in the black community are coming out for Trump. At least the polls are showing it. It may not be true. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily believe the polls as it is, but I've, I've long thought this. I, I can't begin to tell you you know, what, what it must be like to grow up in the black community. I have no idea. I'm, I'm, my speculation, my opinion is just based on watching from the outside. Of course, I did grow up on the South side of Chicago. So I have certain opinions about growing up in places like that, but I'm not black. Right. So I, I defer to, to Candace, to Kanye and, and those individuals, Billy Prempe, Kimberly Klasick. But it really does seem like people are fed up and they're finding a path to speak out. And they're finding that Trump and he, he does speak to them. I mean, look, Trump is moderate. He really is. Vox.com said it. But he's also Republican and he holds many of those values. And so this seems like a good play, like a good choice for many in the black community. And now they're standing up and saying it. Check this out. The betting odds for Trump began to flip. I, I mentioned the pro-life stuff with Kanye because I thought it was interesting, but I'll, I'll end with one last point. We've seen it from Gallup. This, this caricature of what the black community is doing or what they want is a racist depiction from the Democrats, and it's not fair. I'm reminded of that Ami Horowitz video where he goes to Berkeley and he asks young white people if voter ID is racist. 
And they say a whole bunch of crazy racist things about like, you know, black people not being able to get internet or knowing where the DMV is. And then he goes to a, a black neighborhood. And my favorite line from this whole bit he did was when he asks the guy, do you know where the DMV is? The guy goes, yeah, it's over on 25th Street. As if he was giving directions. Of course, the dude no, no, knew where the DMV was. It's because these Democrats and these young progressives are overtly racist. And that's what the party has attracted by pushing these narratives. Now, Joe Biden still has, you know, 70 to 75% of support, depending on which poll you're looking at. So it's not like Trump is, 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 is uh, winning over every single member of the black community. But a lot of people are, you know, listening and they're speaking up and they like what he's got to say. If these polls are correct, Trump already won and Joe Biden can't do anything about it. Perhaps the reason the polls are wrong is because these pollsters are ignoring Trump's true base. Black voters who never voted before and non-college educated whites, the pollsters can't reach. We'll see how it plays out, assuming there's no foul play. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Recently, the CDC provided us with an update showing that 6% of COVID deaths are solely COVID and 94% of deaths include comorbidities, some two or three comorbidities. The weird thing about it now is that Twitter is actually censoring people for bringing this up slightly framed incorrectly, I kid you not. So the the first thing I want to show you is the official source. I got several from the Atlanta, what is this? The Atlanta Journal Journal Courier, CDC, 94% of coronavirus related deaths have underlying medical conditions. We've known this. We've known, we, we've known about, you know, the bulk of people dying having underlying medical conditions, comorbidities for quite some time. Now we have the official number. This shouldn't be surprising to anybody. But for some reason, the narrative machine, social media will ban you if you say this incorrectly. So, so perhaps this video, excuse me, won't actually see the light of day, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. AJC says only 6% of coronavirus related deaths in the US have COVID-19 listed as the only cause of death according to the Atlanta-based Center for Disease Control and Prevention. According to the CDC, this we know. They say, on top of underlying conditions and coronavirus-related deaths include respiratory failure, vascular and unspecified dementia, heart failure, renal failure, and intentional and unintentional injury. Okay, um, wait, (laughs) hold on a minute. Intentional injury? What? You mean somebody died because they got attacked and they had COVID at the time, so it was a COVID death? Yep. Unintentional injury? You mean somebody like fell down the stairs, but they had COVID, so they called it a COVID death? Yep. <laughs> well, what percentage of the COVID deaths are people falling down stairs? Okay, I'm being hyperbolic, but like, I've, we've heard the stories. We've seen the, 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 the interviews. This is true. There are people who have died straight up of being like, like on a motorcycle crash, and they're like, oh, that COVID death. I, I can't believe it, but they're actually reporting this. Well, here's what ends up happening. Let me, let me, let me show you the CNN story first. It's funny. Twitter, remu- Twitter removes QAnon supporters' false claim about coronavirus death stats that Trump had retweeted. Really? Here's what CNN says. Twitter on Sunday took down a tweet containing a false claim about COVID death stats that was made by a supporter of the baseless QAnon conspiracy theory, a post that Trump had retweeted earlier in the day. The tweet, which has been replaced with the message saying this tweet is no longer available because it violated the rules from Mel Q, copied from someone else's Facebook post, claimed the CDC had quietly updated its numbers to admit that only 6% of people listed as COVID deaths actually died from COVID. 
since the other 94% had two to three other serious illnesses. That's not what the CDC said. Hey, wait, what? Didn't I just read the AJC showing us that's literally what they said? They said, as of Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern, Twitter had not removed a second tweet, also repeated, uh, retweeted by the president on Sunday, that spread the, the same false claim. The second tweet by Trump campaign advisor Jenna Ellis linked to an article on the right-wing website Gateway Pundit that was based on the QAnon supporters' tweet. CNN has reached out to the White House for comment on Trump's tweets. The CDC's latest regular update to a public stats page on the pandemic. There was nothing especially quiet about it. That's an opinion. Said that for 6% of the deaths included in the stats, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned on the deceased person's death certificate. That is not at all the same with saying that only 6% reported actually died from COVID. It simply means that the other 94% were listed as having at least one additional factor contributing to their death. Talk about arguing semantics, right? For example, the other 94% includes people whose death certificate listed both COVID and obesity, both COVID and diabetes, both COVID and heart disease, among other conditions. Uh, isn't that what they said? People can live with these conditions for years, but if they get infected with COVID, and uh, they, they could die quickly. The fact that they also had underlying conditions does not mean that COVID was not a major reason or the major reason they died when they did. The CDC did not say that. That's CNN injecting their opinion and their contextual analysis into what the CDC meant. That's why I bring up the AJC, because they specifically said just this. According to the CDC, 94% of COVID-related deaths had other underlying medical conditions called comorbidities. 6% listed only COVID as the cause of death. End of story. If CNN wants to do a contextual analysis, they're free to do so. But to act like they're correct and the person is wrong, that's fake news. I'm just showing you what AJC said. If that's too, if that's too much for YouTube, by all means, take it down. Here's a story from the Gateway Pundit. CNN and Twitter target President Trump and the Gateway Pundit won't allow us to share the actual COVID-19 numbers from CDC website that don't fit their narrative. They say last night we posted an article about COVID-19. Shock report. This week, CDC quietly updated COVID-19 numbers. Only 9,210 Americans died from COVID alone. The rest had different or other serious illnesses. That's true. I, I, what's wrong about that? It doesn't, they didn't say you won't die. I, they just said the other had other issues. I don't, well, I don't, I don't understand. The gist of the article is that COVID-19 is not nearly as deadly as first projected by the WHO and then by Dr. Fauci and Burks. Based on CDC numbers this past week, only 6% of deaths attributed to COVID were instances where the only factor was COVID. The point they're trying to make in their contextual analysis is that if you do not have a comorbidity, you are very, very, you're much less likely to die as a victim of COVID. I think that's a fair analysis. You can argue it, but I don't see why that should be taken down. From the CDC website, they say for 6% of deaths, COVID was the only cause mentioned. All right. Mel Q, here's the actual tweet. She said, this week, the CDC quietly updated. Now, listen, whether they quietly did it or not is just an opinion. She said the others, you know, uh, had two to three other illnesses and the overwhelming majority were of very advanced age. They say we used Mel Q's tweet in our report and the president retweeted Mel Q's tweet. But today, Twitter took down the tweet. They notified Mel that the tweet that used actual CDC data violated their policy on misleading information about COVID, 
her account was suspended for posting from 12 hours. So you know what I did? I tweeted basically the same thing, but linked to the CNN article. And my tweet remains up. I think this is very obviously an attack on particular individuals. Probably a bunch of leftists flagged the tweet. Twitter gave in because they don't know or care about context or the truth. But the funny thing is, even though CNN claims it's fake, it's a fake tweet, they literally confirm the same thing, just with a slightly different contextual analysis. They go on to say there is no secret about the fact that pre-existing conditions can cause people to experience more severe problems with COVID. The CDC has long said that older adults and people with underlying health conditions are more likely. It's not a secret. We've known this. Why are they taking it down? The CDC told CNN in July that COVID will end up as a top 10 cause of death for 2020, the final ranking. So look, here's, here's the, the, the nitpicking they're doing. C- CNN is saying they did die from COVID, but they had underlying conditions. Whereas the other group is saying, yes, they did die from other conditions and they had COVID. Uh, what, do, what do you want me to say? Both are true, I guess. The argument from CNN is you could be obese and live and then get COVID and die. But that, would, that, that, that argument means that every obese person gets COVID and dies. That's not what's happening. Many people who are obese and get COVID do die. But does every single obese person who gets COVID die? No. In that case, I think CNN's analysis is incorrect. Yes, it plays a role. But I think it's fair to point out if you are a healthy, fun, you know, healthy average individual with no comorbidities, you're probably going to be fine. See, this is the, this is the problem I've been talking about for quite some time that you're not allowed to engage in any kind of talk that we can solve this problem. So here's the solution here. If what the CDC is saying is true, and I assume it is, then we can start to open up many of our businesses safely and securely while protecting those most vulnerable. We can see that regular, you know, people with no comorbidities will be just fine. So long as they're not, you know, relatively old, younger people will be fine. They don't let you talk about it. So the only result then is that the general public can only say, lock it down until we get a vaccine. They might take this video down. Maybe not. Hopefully it stays up. But that's what we need to do. We need to have real conversations about solving the problem. Well, I'll tell you this. Where I'm at in New Jersey, they've officially opened indoor dining again, finally. I don't know. I guess a lot of businesses are permanently closed forever and the economies have been ravaged and destroyed. Man, it really does feel like they just squeezed this for all it's worth to hurt Donald Trump. Why? Because it's the Democrat cities and states that did it, not the Republican ones for the most part. And the Republican ones seem to be doing fine. Now you can argue that these Democrat cities are more dense. So that's fair. That's a fair point. Ultimately, I think it doesn't matter if you believe they did it on purpose because you can't prove any of it. All that matters is they did shut down. It was bad for the economy. They did arrest people for opening businesses. And now their state economies and their local economies are being destroyed and people are mad about it. So look, if we can't talk about these stories, if you can't even tweet, hey, look what the CDC said because they don't like your opinion on it or your framing. I don't even know what's bannable at this point. And I said it before. I've I've talked to Google and I said, listen, I don't know what I can or can't say because your rules make no sense and they're vague. If this is against the rules, but CNN's isn't, you have to, you, you can't just post the, the actual link to the CDC. I'm, sure, fine, whatever. But then don't expect, expect people to trust media if that's the case or trust social media. And don't be surprised when antitrust comes for your big, big tech platform, platform dudes. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all next time.